everybody. And I'm back. We're back. Once again, I'm John Raven. If you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. I hope you've had a, a good week so far. Did you have a, I had a good weekend. Had an interesting weekend. My wife's uh, nephew stayed with us for a few days. He's 13. So we watched a 13-year-old for a few days. Apparently, you have to do activities. Like we went tubing down the river one day. We, he likes baseball, so we took him to the uh, minor league baseball team in town. In town, close close nearby, the Round Rock Express. We saw a baseball game, and I, I you know what? And the thing is, I enjoyed like we did a barbecue another day. Like I enjoy activities. It's just getting me to do them is the thing. I know I brought it up before. That's that's the whole – I would rather do nothing. I'm fine. But you got to get me out of my comfort zone. Then you got to get me to go. And then once I go, I end up having a good time. I'm usually CBD'd out. Um, or as I the, – the nickname, instead of like – for other like when you take a drug if you're stoned or if you're high or you're gonna or like uh, Xanax you're barred out so for CBD since a lot of it comes in oil I the code the code phrase for to my wife is uh, I'm oiled up which is uh, has connotations but uh, it's funny so it's what we use so I was oiled up all weekend Um because it's like, okay, we're going to have to be out in public. Do I have to interact with other people? I better take a, a CBD edible uh, and, you know, chill the fuck out. And that's what I did. But all that being said, after after a few days, it's just like I've never said, man, I can't wait to get to work on Monday. Like I've never said that, that I can remember. And I was like, boy, I can't wait till I can – go to work and not do shit other than work but that's that's how I felt but it was fun a key moment in the weekend is I had to go to Walmart to return an item and I have never returned anything at Walmart before because that seems like a nightmare and it was but so I don't like the only time I ever go to Walmart if I'm buying something at Walmart it's something that you're not going to return. It's like food or a soft drink, candy, or a medication that it's the only place open. And I, you know, because I will overpay for something at Walgreens than to go to Walmart. And Walgreens is a scam. It's basically a giant convenience store with convenience store prices that also sells you drugs. So it's like a drug dealer running a convenience store. That's what Walgreens is. And I would rather go to our local drug dealer, Walgreens, and then to have to deal with the nightmare populace that uh, just roam around in a Walmart. But had to return a certain item. Because it was 
we got it uh, is basically is Roku. All right. I don't know. I'm keeping it vague. I don't want to give Roku my business. I got a Roku and it, we got the, the expensive one. That's like this 4k version, but we've got an old version projector. So it's not compatible. It like flickers and shit. So I had to return it. And so we also had, because we went tubing, I had to buy the 13 year old, some, this kid, I had to get him some water shoes and wall and Walmart's perfect for that because you just get some fucking water shoes and, and it's like, and these are cheap. And, um, if they're ruined after one trip or whatever, if they're crappy, so what they lasted for two hours, that's all that matters. So we go to wall. So, uh, and the idea is rather than my wife taking him, She's like, hey, if you take him, you guys will be much faster than if I go shopping. And all three of us agreed. So me and the kid go to Walmart and I'm standing in line to do this fucking return, standing behind people who have a bunch of items that they've clearly stolen and are just doing this to make money. Um, whatever, you know, hey, grift your grift, whatever you, whatever you got going on, it's Walmart. I don't care. They made the policy. If you want to, you know, take advantage of that shit, that's fine by me. But I'm standing behind you and you're taking for fucking ever with all the seven, eight different random items that somehow you have acquired. So I'm waiting in line and I, you know, and I say to him, you know, I guess, I guess go walk around. (laughs) Do you want to stand here? Do you want to go walk around? He goes, I'll go walk around. I went, all right. And then we'll meet up in electronics or something afterwards. After this, this will be about five or 10 minutes, maybe longer. And he's about to walk away and he goes, we should exchange numbers just in case. And I said, oh, right. (laughs) That's a really good idea. It's a good thing one of us is responsible. It's a good thing the 13-year-old was doing the responsible, the smart thing, was thinking for the both of us because the 49-year-old was like, yeah, just roam around. Kid I met 24 hours ago that I have no contact information for, don't even know your last name, if I'm going to be honest. So, So that happened. That's, uh, but you know what? It's a good time. It made me think about how much I am concerned for the kids when it comes to having a good time. Because drugs and alcohol have always been. You know, there's dangers. There's been dangers and there's been problems for every generation. And we all go through different things. But I feel for younger, for the younger generations because, and it's not their fault. They didn't do it. It's the, it's the dealers and everybody else that's, you know, they, they've, everyone, society has ruined doing drugs and drinking, really. 
I mean, it used to be so simple as, um, you know, you smoke cigarettes, you drink beer, about once a year you did Coke if it popped up you smoked weed, but weed was hard to get. So you didn't smoke it all the time. So it was a special occasion getting the weed. It was made it exciting, but everything's, you know, they, you know, they've, everyone's finally, you know, kind of admitted, yeah, you know what? Cigarettes are bad for you. Um, we all know this. So we're getting rid of it. So we're vaping now. And the kids are vaping. And it's not as cool as smoking. Is it safer? Fuck yeah, it's safer. But it's not as cool. All right. Drinking. People are avoiding. You don't have to drink malt liquors because they're the cheapest thing. I got a dollar. Let's get a King Cobra 40 ounce of absolute terrible alcohol. Let's get some Mad Dog 2020. You don't have to, you know, it's like now they've got hard seltzers. They don't have to drink beer and learn to like the taste. You can immediately go to the different flavors. Same thing with vaping, by the way, you don't have to smoke cigarettes that smell and taste bad, but you get the head rush. So you get used to it. You immediately go, I'd like nicotine in high doses, but I also want to taste raspberry bubble gum. Can do. Boom. Weed was easier, uh, is easier now, but it's more potent. Like to the point it can trigger some people's schizophrenia. Like it's actually dangerous all the things that people were saying about how we, how, you know, nobody's OD'd on weed and how safe it is. But honestly, right now it's so potent. It can psychologically fuck you up. Statistically speaking, probably not, but ever once in, you know, every once in a while, it can really fuck somebody up. There's actually a risk to it when the risk in the past was getting the weed and it always ended up being trash weed, but you know, you, placebo effect. Ooh, I picked this up. I know a guy who knows a guy or, you know, you, you ordered a sandwich from Thundercloud subs because if, um, you know, Dave delivers it, then Dave's going to give you a quarter, you know, with your sandwich. Cause that's where you're, that's where all our dealers worked as they worked at Thundercloud subs. So, but that's not the case. Or, you know, if you've got no connection, everybody's dry, then you had to go, you know, rogue. You had to go off road. You had to go get in a situation that you didn't want to be in, or you had to go to some place that you'd never been before, or you had to talk to pretend to talk to some to a guy and pretend to find his stories interesting while you sat there and going, Jesus Christ, you guys. Then you got the weed and you got home and then you, you know, did, did whatever the process was. And that was the exciting part. The whole, it was all about the process that made drugs exciting. And that's, you know, and not even, let's not even get started on the other drugs. Like the, uh, the other thing was, you know, you had Coke and you had painkillers and then eventually, and then the big scary monster was heroin, right? 
Well, it's weird that heroin's not number one on the list anymore. It's not this big scary. Fentanyl's the big scary. Heroin can't even compete because it's not even be available. Nobody wants to do fentanyl. It's the only thing available because they can smuggle small amounts of it. But it takes the fun out of it. Drugs are dangerous. I get it. But there were some fun aspects to it. There were some romantic aspects of it. Heroin is cool. Fentanyl's just kind of fucking scary and kind of a problem. It's, it's like, is there fentanyl in this thing that I'm taking that I'm ingesting in my body because I want to get fucked up a little bit? And also the thing that I'm taking is not fentanyl, but I got to worry about something, getting something that I didn't pay for. Like that's a, that's a, that's a, not a layer of, that's not a level of like cool or fun, not even like scary fun. It's just, it's an issue because it's not like something that's going to fuck you up and, and, and then you, you know, you have a bad night you're like, fuck, there was fentanyl in that meth. It's like, if it's a problem, it'll kill you. And that's, that's no fun. I'm not saying heroin. Yeah, I am saying heroin was fun. Heroin was fun, and then it wasn't. But there were at least aspects of it that were fun. It wasn't mixed with a horse, you know, tranquilizer that uh, that that causes necrosis in your arms and legs, and got, you know, turns your limbs into zombies. That seems a bit much. You're taking the fun out of doing drugs. Society's just fucking these kids over. There's no experimenting with something that'll kill you right away. That's fucked up. It makes me really appreciate sobriety now. Huh? See how I brought it all the way around? But it does. It's like, fuck, man. I got out of the game at the right time. Technically should have gotten out years ago. But I believe that there are two paths to cleaning up. you I'm sure that there are others, but it comes down to the two main paths is either on, this is how you can actually change your mindset and get sober. There are only two, there, there are not only two, but to me, it feels like there are two paths. Path number one is if you dumb yourself down to believing you don't think too much and you just believe 12-step programs bullshit. You just buy into it and you just do it. Same thing with religion. If you just buy into it, don't overthink it and go, all right, this is the way, it can help you. That's one path. The other path is if you think you're a clever fucker and you're too smart for AA and you can't dumb yourself down because you overthink everything. The only other way to do it is you have to wait until you're too tired to think about it. So it's the same as the first thing where you're dumbing yourself down, but instead you've exhausted yourself to the point that you don't care. You're like, fine, 
I guess I'll quit. I'm kind of done with this. I'm tired of it. I don't care if I'm not cool anymore. I don't care about doing this. I'm tired. Of, I'm just, I'm done. So you like tire yourself out. You know, it's, that's, and that's, that's what I did. I'd, I'd wait, but the, you know, the problem with that is, is, is you have to be lucky enough to make it to the age that you finally exhaust yourself out and tire yourself out. And you're like, all right, now I'm done. I made it to 40. I might as well be done now. So, and a lot of people don't. And some people keep going. I don't know how they do that. But, uh, but that's kind of the thing is, uh, you tie yourself out and you're like, oh, well, you know, jail helps. As I mentioned before, it, it certainly did help me, but I don't know. I'm just, uh, thankful that I'm coming up in a couple of months on, uh, on 11 years of sobriety and that I made it this far and uh, that I don't have to deal with how everyone has ruined drugs and alcohol. They've ruined, you know, they've ruined fun. And that's sad. But I don't have to worry about that. They don't know. The kids today, they don't know what it was like. You can kind of tell them, but they don't want to listen to you. They're like, shut up, old man. And you know what? They'd be right to do it because if I was their age, I'd say it to me too. Real quick in celebrity news, um, Tom Holland has been sober for a year and a half. Said he had a, uh, he felt enslaved to drinking alcohol. Because there's also, you know, there's a huge beer drinking thing going on, you know, in England. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's, you know, it makes sense. And I was like, he's been sober, had had a drinking problem. Isn't he like 18? He is not 18. Turns out he's 27. He just looks like he's 18. So I was like, I've been drinking since I was 12. No, he's, who knows? But that's a, that's pretty good. 27. That makes sense. I got my, uh, you know, I got my first, say I got my DWIs when I was 29. I could say that I had kind of had around 27 28 I was I was having some issues with drinking too much so you know I you you know when you first look at it you're going like what but no it's true it's good for him you know it's it's also rare to see somebody recognize some shit and go ooh I need to I need to stop this for a bit and get a hold of it before, you know, there's a lot of people that do that. There's a lot of people, you just don't hear about them because they don't have a good story about, you know, hitting bottom and self-destructing, you know. And the thing is that he's made so much money that he can't, you know, it it would take a while for him to self-destruct 
visually for ever like publicly so it's a good thing that uh and i also like the fact that he's talking about it so you know it's because there's a lot of you know he's got a lot of young fans and they need to know it's cool to take a break or just quit altogether so i'm happy for that i'm also confused in other news that uh, I looked at that both uh, J-Lo and Blake Lively, both who don't drink, uh, have alcohol-related products that they sell, which is odd. How did I find out about it? I was doing Google news searches on different, different products and on different you know, about alcohol and drugs and uh, fentanyl and seeing what's going on. And uh, that popped up. But I noticed that Blake Lively is apparently has a mixer. She sells a alcohol mixer and she's like, oh, I want to provide the freshest ingredients and I know about good taste. And it's like, okay, can be honest, mixed drinks aren't about really the flavor. Uh, it's about a buzz, but um, apparently that's not the case for everybody. So, all right then. Um, also, I noticed that they are going to, they have, they are coming up with a plan, by the way, to actually combat the government. Is coming up with, they've got plans for fighting the, specifically the xylazine fentanyl problem like doing a lot more testing getting information out there to um, healthcare providers tracking and whatever realizing that it's an issue which is good I don't know how effective it'll be but it's better than doing nothing better than telling people hey watch out for that animal tranquilizer fentanyl cocktail mix out there before you buy drugs go hey sir Animal tranquilizer in here? No, I trust you. You're my dealer. So it's good to have a plan. So I'm glad that things are things are working out there. That's all I got for this week. Good? Sounds good? Awesome. Uh, stillsoberpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral. We will see you next week. Hang in there. Later. Yeah.